I was in a coma for six weeks while the doctors told my wife I was going to die. When I woke up, she told me the most fantastic story. My team kept running the business without me. Freelancers reached out to my team and said, we will do whatever it takes as long as Craig's in the hospital. I consider that the greatest accomplishment in my career. My name is Craig Andrews, and this is the Leaders and Legacies podcast, where we talk to leaders creating an impact beyond themselves. At the end of today's interview, I'll tell you how you can be the next leader featured on this show. All right, I want to welcome Scott Royal Smith. He's an investor and entrepreneur turned founder with a gift of simplifying the complex. Through his Austin startup, Royal Legal Solutions, Scott has developed a keen take on maximizing productivity by using systems that protect real estate investments for thousands of clients across 50 states. As a former litigation attorney, Scott also has a deep understanding of what it takes to leverage language towards achieving a goal. Now he's sharing his management insights with the world and is committing, committed to helping other leaders make a meaningful impact on their teams. Scott, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Great to be here, Craig. Been looking forward to this. So um, I think that gave folks a general idea of what you do, but kind of nuts and bolts. Uh, what do you do? Who, who, how do you help people? Who do you help and how do you help them? Um, yeah. So, you know, my, my story really is that I, I built um, a transmission and auto repair shop that I bought for $10,000 in back taxes while I was in law school. And that's when I got my first taste of actually doing real business besides like pushing lawnmowers and, and, you know, working as a summer lifeguard. And, um, and I flipped that business in the building and graduate from law school without any debt. So um, that's when I fell in love with real estate. I fell in love with business. And I was like, oh, this is this is the path forward, right? Uh, for me. And this is a way that I can get out of the rat race of what I saw. I was like, oh, this is 40 to 50 years of a bunch of hard work in a system that I don't really want to be in, you know? Um, and uh, so what I did is I, you know, I continued to uh, invest in real estate. I became an, as an investor. I was still working as an attorney because I needed a paycheck at the time. Um, until I was making more money doing real estate than I was being an attorney. And then I quit being an attorney and, and became full-time investor in real estate and a bunch of other things. But what happened was, is that, you know, I found out real estate, when you get to that level, it actually is just a business. They're all, it's, a, it's just another type of business. And so a lot of times I, uh, what I found is that people were investing and then they're like, great, well, then I'm going to get the passive income and then I'm not going to have to do anything. It's like, no, you're going to have a new business you have to run called real estate assets. Right. Let, let, let me let me pause you there, because I think we need to hammer that home, because even though you just said that so clearly, I think there are going to be people that are listening that think you're yet another person promising mailbox money, passive income. You know, hey, just do this and you can go live the life and money will just show up magically. You're saying that's not the case. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that's a big lie. Uh, it's a lie that they told you to get you into the seminar. So you'll start real estate investing. And then the moment that you get in there, it's true. The money will come into the mail, right? And you can do the things that Robert Kiyosaki tells you to do, right? You get the property managers and the property managers are going to deal with the tenants if they're the right property manager. Sometimes you get hosed by the property manager, right? So you're still actually actively having to manage the property managers. Then there's a whole other thing, which is, okay, well, I've depreciated all these assets. So now I need to you know, get new assets to be able to get the tax benefits I wanted to get. 
And then I have, and then I have to like learn about like the, the, all the legal side of what do I need to be doing for like my asset protection and all my estate planning um, and, and everything that comes with that. So wealth itself, it's inescapably that wealth is a business. And we, it's a business that if we, any of us want to become free, we have to learn how to run. And that's what I found out for myself. And that's why I started Royal Legal Solutions because I was like, people need help learning how to become the CEO of their own wealth building company that's built and managed for them. And that's what my company is dedicated to do it to make it really easy to have a wealth building company. Well, let me back up a little bit because I I imagine, I mean, I can think of a family member. I, I know one family right member right now thinks Robert Kiyosaki is a genius. It's changed. He's changed his life. Uh, I would imagine there are other listeners that are, that are hearing that. What is it? What is it that you see that's different than what Kiyosaki sees? Well, it's not that Kiyosaki's wrong, right? And I'm not saying Kiyosaki's a liar. I think Kiyosaki's actually, he is a genius. If you just look at the impact of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Look at the number of people. And if you are one of these people, right? Look at how it resonated with you, how it got your thinking to change, got you to start adopting better behaviors that are starting to get you to more wealth conscious. That's a level of genius to be able to get you to do that. Part of this process is that people had to promise you things like you're going to be able to be totally free once you learn how to do this thing called real estate investing. That's true. You're going to be on a path that can get you there. But the misconception, the part that's not clarified for you on the front end is just because you have a bunch of assets doesn't mean all of a sudden that you have no worries in life. You still have to manage all of those assets. You need to make sure that they're protected from lawsuits. You need insurance for them. You have to make sure that they're uh, allocated appropriately for all of your tax strategy. There's all of these these pieces that come into play once you start having assets that you realize, oh, there's a whole nother level to this game, right? There's a game beyond just having the money. There's managing the money, making it grow correctly, making sure it's protected. And and I think that's the piece that nobody ever talks to you about the front end, because honestly, in the very beginning, you just need to start doing stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's too hard for you to think about all of the management of assets when you don't have any assets. And that's why that's why I say it, it, it's like, you know, tongue in cheek that it's a lie, right? Because it, it's a lie that you actually need to be told to be able to get you to do the right thing. And then once you start doing the right thing, you're like, oh, then now there's another level to the game. And that's where my company steps in is to be able to solve that problem, which is you already have assets or you're really serious about acquiring assets. Okay, what's all the systems, the processes, the infrastructure, your tax, legal, insurance, et cetera, financial planning, whatever that lets you scale that. So you can actually become free, which is really what you wanted to when you started this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, And thanks for clarifying that because- that's yeah, that's really interesting. I, I mean, I've seen the promises of you know passive income, and uh, here's a here's a little, little secret frame by thinking about applying for the podcast. Uh, if my team finds the term passive income anywhere on your website, you're not coming on the pod, podcast. Um, you said something a couple minutes ago uh, that you kind of breezed through. You said you didn't want to live this life for another thirty or forty years. I'm assuming you were talking about the life of a lawyer. Right. Yeah, it's it's the life of a lawyer, but I'll tell you, it's even the life of somebody who's having to manage assets directly like that. Because what I really wanted to do is I wanted to travel the world, you know, go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, go travel to the east, go study underneath like interesting people that I could find in the world that had new things that I didn't know that I was curious about 
well, wherever that was from, it could be in the Amazon, it could be anywhere. And, and that's what I've you know done with my life since. Um, but that's the kind of lifestyle that I was committed to, right? To me, all of this money stuff is actually really boring. It's only a means to an end. It's like having gas. But you only have gas because you have a car. You only have a car because you want to go on the road trip. Mm-hmm. But what we spend all our time just getting a bunch of gas. How much time are we actually on the road trip? And how much time are we spending about how nice the car is going to be? I mean, before this podcast kicked off, we were both sharing stories about how we lived off of like green bananas, canned salmon and mustard because we understood it was the road trip that was important. Not the not the kind of car that you were in and not how much gas that you could afford. Right. And so I think this is the game of life. The game of life is actually figuring out how can you make the car and the gas work well enough for you so you can go on the road trip. And, you know, when when people come to you, how many people do you think still haven't been able to answer that question or or, or looking for the wrong thing? Almost no. Oh, no. Almost nobody's thinking that way because they're so stuck in the place about saying, I need the money and I got to figure out this money problem. And they're right to think that way. Because the money problem is the big problem because it feels irresponsible to start taking off and traveling around the world and exploring your passions in life. If you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat next month or next year or five years from now, what happens if I lose my job? It's all the fear that's associated and that's fear is real. Right. And I'm not saying, Oh, like, okay, cool. Let's all sit around a campfire and play drums until we don't have fear anymore. No, I'm just saying approach things in the right way. So that way you can build wealth in a way that's, buy best practices that hit certain targets, just like you would in a business. And then once you hit those targets, then you're free to go do whatever else you want to go do. Right. It's it's like, it's a no brainer. I mean, I think we can all understand that a better future is out there for us. Just most ever, like almost nobody knows how to build wealth. Like they build a company because people aren't entrepreneurs and by and large. And, and that's actually what it takes to get to that place where you're really only spending, you know, two to two to four hours a week managing all of your your money aspects of your life, and you're really out there, um, you know, living it to the highest level. You know, um, one of the things I'm curious about is, and this is a little bit of the inside. I I have the sense I don't have the numbers, but I have the sense that a law degree is one of the least practiced degrees out there. I see people all the time that got a law degree, they're doing something other than law. And so a couple questions. One, is that your perception? Do you see that? And if so, why? You know, what's funny about that is I was actually at a conference the other day, there was a lawyer. I said the other day, I mean, this thing must've been like over 12 years ago. And he's talking to a room full of lawyers and he said, Hey, he basically said, Hey idiots. Did you guys know that as a lawyer, you can walk into just about any business and you're a top 10 percentile business person because you know how to read contracts, think analytically, you know how to outline logical information structures to be able to learn very quickly. Why are you guys still practicing law when you could be doing so much more in business? What's wrong with you people? And I think this is actually what it like turns into, right? Is that the, the practice of, of law actually is, um, it's like it's being a mechanic. You basically are like learning how to assemble bolts right? And you learn how to do that at a really high level that other people, it's really difficult for them to learn how to do. And so what do they do? They pay you a bunch of money, right? But if you take the training that you got in law school, which I think, I think everybody should at least go to one year of law school, 
because it, it actually trains you on how to think more efficiently and effectively, like through problems that come up. And I think that's why like so many attorneys don't practice law anymore because it's so much easier and more interesting to not practice law. Because I don't know about you, but I don't have any desire to be a mechanic, you know, like there's only so many oil changes I can do before I'm like, all right, cool. I think I'm good with doing oil changes. Yeah. You know, I want to do something different. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And and I think that's, uh, you know, I have an engineering degree that, that I don't use that I say, I would say I don't technically use, but I would say that that degree has some of the same things. It teaches a way of breaking down problems, structuring thought and, and approaching things, uh, minus the natural ability to read a contract. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, they all serve, right? I mean, we work with people and in my company, we have, we run across investors that are engineers, school teachers, like doctors. I mean, all kinds of people of different sorts. And what I found is that like each one of those career paths, they have a particular training, which gives them particular skills, which is a particular way that they view this thing called investing, right? And they all have a differently trained mind to look at the same thing. And it's super interesting to see how everybody sees it, sees it through a different lens. Um, but what's beautiful about it is that with the, the, the types of the teams, the system and the processes that we walk people through, they all end up at the same place, right? They all end up learning how to be a business owner. They're still them, but they're all of their risk tolerances and what they feel comfortable with and how they manage, you know, all of their stuff. But once they're plugged into a system, they all operate the same. And I think that there's something beautiful in that because we learn from them about how do they view something just as much as they get to learn from us about, okay, here's the, the architecture that needs to work around uh, around your welfare, asset protection, estate planning tax. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk about leadership. What does leadership mean to you? And how do you see yourself making an impact uh, beyond yourself? Yeah, I mean, to me, real, leadership is actually just being the highest version of your own self. I think it, it like, I think a lot of people get this wrong. Honestly, I think they think that leadership is about other people. And I don't think so. I think what it really actually is, is about is that when you become the highest version of yourself, you innately impact the people that are around you. Just like we do. If you go to like somebody's house or you're like around somebody that's toxic and they, they make you feel toxic. They make you start thinking toxic like ways. Right. I think leadership works in the same way. I think we all spend all this time trying to think about like, how am I going to get somebody else to go do something? And then we call that leadership. What it really is, is if I live at my, at the highest level of who I can be and can communicate effectively at the level of where somebody else is at and help them live to the highest level they can be, then that's really all we can really do. And by me being it, whatever that it is, that's the most influential thing I can do to the other person. And then that's really all it takes. You can you give me some examples of how that that's played out in your life? Yeah. Yeah. So my sister, for example, started a company called um, uh, Brain Friendly Reading. And so she's a uh, dyslexia. She has a company that like helps kids with, with dyslexia in inner city schools in, in Detroit. It's a nonprofit. And um, so there was a piece I helped her start the nonprofit. And I coached her on like, here's how you start a business. Nonprofits are business just like anything else. And here's how you how to help grow that business and how you're going to make that like make that work to be able to help these these kids. Um, and that was that was pretty it was fairly impactful. Right. It got her going. Right. But you fast forward four years and I am coming off of doing, um, you know, in and out of sabbatical. 
Um, great thing about Royal Legal is that all runs, you know, without me, with the with all the people that we have on staff here. And I'm coming out of sabbatical doing a lot of meditation work. And through the meditation work, um, I, I came up and over, over Christmas time and I sat with her. I said, like, hey, I just want to show you something. Like, look at look at what happens here. If we just take like a five minutes here, I'm going to walk you through some box breathing, which is the same kind of breathing that the Navy SEALs do. We just walked her through that. And it was as and it was in while we were working, uh, she was working on like some of the problems that she was working on in her, in her business. She was running into a big issue before when she was looking at the issue, the issue was insurmountably huge and complex. And she was juggling the thousand different scenarios in which she could probably possibly solve that issue with all of the other details around it. Right. After like sitting her down, me being in a, in a, a calm and aligned and centered state, and then helping her say like, cool, we're going to try like this practice. And it's like, great. Now, how do you feel about it? She's like, oh, it's actually hundred percent clear to me that this is exactly what I need to go do. And that to me, that's the power of really strong leadership. I embody what it, what it, what it was. I created a space and I invited them to participate in the space that I had created so they could have a different life experience. And with that different life experience, they can go see a more effective way about being able to show up in the world. And that's all, it's just so simple, right? Uh, to be able to do that. But that saved, I cannot express how the weeks in which she likely would have spent juggling that problem to probably have a lesser solution because the nature of a mind that is confused and running all over the place with all these different worries and fears and da, 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 it always makes a bad decision or at least a non-optimal decision. It's only a clear mind, a clear state of being, a centered state, a present state, which is where we make our best decisions that we can possibly make. And so that's one of the one of the things in, in leadership that I teach about in my my actual leadership training program, the Royal Life Coaching that we we offer. Okay. Well, how about a time that you feel like your leadership was put to the test? One of these white knuckled moments where you had to make a decision and you were scared. You were uncertain how it was going to come out. What, what was that and how did it work out? Yeah, it was when I was exiting um, the is my number two at the time. In, in the company in Royal Legal. And um, he was in charge actually of everything that was all the technical systems, all of the billing, like all of the back end, right? I was like, I was just basically the face with the idea how to put together the products, but there's this whole other one of like, how did, what are the nuts and bolts of actually make like the company work? And we came to a place where I was like, listen, man, we I, I can't keep operating like this because it's every time that we talk about an issue, it's a blowout, highly emotional uh, discourse. It's combative. And I was like, I can't live like this anymore. Like the whole thing isn't worth it for me. If I have to live like this with you in my life doing this, <laughs> you know, and I was like, cool. So I was like, this is likely what needs to happen is that you're really unhappy here. You really want to go start your own company. Right. And like, yeah, that's actually what's going on. Okay, great. So let's make all the steps to go make that happen. And that was really scary because I was bringing in like all new, like new blood, all, and all of people I didn't really know, know, right. They're just people. And I'm giving them a ton of control of what's going to happen, like in my life. And then, you know, fast forward, um, about like 18 months, right. He got to do what he needed to do with, you know, looking at starting his own company and, and he had some success doing that. Um, and then the way things shook out, it was actually the right time to bring him back in. And, um, now he actually runs all the day to day to day of Royal legal solutions, 
and and does an absolutely fantastic job of it. But it is terrifying to be able to be in a situation where you have to have the conversation with somebody who you rely on for a central part of your life about a really tough place about being like, I love you, but you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> I, I think that's one of the hardest uh, decisions somebody has to make the, um, you know, in a leadership position is deciding when it is time to have people move on. You know, I, um, uh, I'm reading Lee Iacocca's autobiography and he talks about how we, took over Chrysler out of 46 presidents. He fired basically one a week for 46, 45 weeks. And just realizing you're having that level of impact. But I think when I listen to what you're saying, when you did that, it actually freed him up to discover some things for himself and then come back and have a much more productive relationship. Always. Right. So the, the issue is, is that it is a hundred percent true in life, in my experience, that the thing, whatever it is, the thing that we're running into, we're afraid of, it's likely because we know it's necessary and we're just running into our own stuff. And they are always better off if you just embrace the fear and just go through it. Just say, cool, fear is there and I'm going to go do what I need to go do anyway. It will always serve this greater aspect of yourself and everybody else at the same time, especially if you can do it from like a dispassionate place. A place where it's like, I'm just here in support of myself and everybody else that's here. Of like, how are we going to move forward together? And uh, and that did. It did free him up to go do like a bunch of learning that he needed to do, like in, in life and his own maturation process. Um, but it it it's just always the case that there it, is that really all my biggest piece in life right now is that I can actually always know exactly what I need to go do. Because it's whatever the thing is that I'm afraid of or I'm feeling the most resistance about. And, and whatever those are, those are like my two big signals. It's like, great. Those are the areas of life that I need to get comfortable with. Because not embracing those areas of life are actually what's making me weak. The reason that it's making me weak is because I know that I need something in there and that I'm resistant to it. So that's where I need to grow. Because life itself just presents opportunities. And the more freely I can just embrace the opportunities that are there, that are present, that are actually existent, but are the the richer in all aspects, financially and otherwise, that I'm going to become. And my only hindrance to how rich I can become in life is purely based upon the resistance that I offer to it, because it just means that I'm not taking advantage of the opportunities that life is presenting to me. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. You have a book that's I think it's out already called Noble Leadership. What's what's that about? Yeah, it's about a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about here today, right? So it's saying how do you actually embody how do you how do you embrace leadership from a principle that's saying like how well are, are you as a leader going after what it is that you want? How is it that you're helping other people move through their stuff just like I was just talking about, right? Their own resistance to what it is that they are running into that's going to help them move to the high, higher level. Um, and, and it comes from being able to first start working on yourself and through working on yourself, you actually learn how people grow. And then from then, then you can mentor other people about how they can grow to get more out of life. And what you find is, is that's all there is. All there is, is me getting more out of life and figuring out how I can do that. And then now we're together in this thing called a company, where we're both trying to get more out of life in this company. Like 
being here to be able to like help you be able to grow in your skill sets, which are your resistance to whatever it is that you're coming up as the challenges of the company. And then you're going to take those skill sets and you actually apply them to your broader life. And that's what I hear from my, my employees and my people like every single day, they're like, holy smokes, I didn't realize that the conversation skills that we were working on about how I, as a manager, am talking to my employees is exactly the conversation skills I need to learn about how to make my relationship with my husband work better. And I was like, right, because there is no difference. It's all just life. And if you if you can create a company where your leadership is personally empowered that I say, I'm going to show up as the best and highest version of myself that I'm working on. And I'm going to help you do the same. Then you have a company that nobody ever wants to leave because you're getting the very best out of your employees. They're excelling and growing inside of the work they're doing, but they're also saying, where in the hell am I ever going to have somebody who, when I work there, I'm also learning how to do this whole other thing called, how do I live my life better? And that's a value that nobody can put a price on. Uh, that's very wise. Well, the book is No Bull Leadership. I hope folks will go out and read it. it sounds um, sounds valuable. Sounds really good. How how do people reach you, Scott? Yeah, best thing to do is actually just go to royallegalsolutions.com if you want to check out anything that we're doing, like I'm um, doing on the professional realm. Um, right now, actually, I would just if anybody wants to reach out to me personally, it's just email me at scott at royallegalsolutions.com. And uh, my team will help us set up an appointment uh, to speak and connect. Love to have you reach out about the things I'm working on here on, on leadership and helping people come free. Some of the coaching around any of these things or any of the wealth building stuff you might need help with your asset protection, estate planning, tax or investing. Well, Scott, thanks for coming on Leaders and Legacies today. Yeah, my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Craig. This is Craig Andrews. I want to thank you for listening to the Leaders and Legacies podcast. We're looking for leaders to share how they're making impact beyond themselves. If that's you, please go to alliesforme.com slash guest and sign up there. If you got something out of this interview, we would love you to share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show, including the hashtag leaders and legacies. I love seeing your posts and suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss anything, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to my team. If you want to know more, please go to alliesforme.com or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.